Hello, it's Andrew May, and welcome to the Performance Intelligence Podcast, Bite Size Edition. This is where we take a clip from a previous podcast and amplify it for you in a snack-sized format. Before we get into the interview, I've got a small favor to ask. We would love a rating and review. This really helps us grow the podcast, and your feedback informs future interviews and where we're taking this. So if you can, please pause, go to your favorite platform, give us a rating, give us a review, leave some feedback. It really makes a difference to what we're doing behind the scenes. Optimize performance through adapting your physical, psychological, and emotional state. Breathe in, and slowly breathe out. Do you practice proper breathing techniques? In today's bite-sized episode, I'm joined by Dino Gladstone. Dino is a Bondi Rescue Lifeguard and one of Australia's breathwork experts. Dino's the guy that I bring in to work with me with elite sporting teams, with athletes and the work that we're doing in the military. We discuss the benefits you receive from adding regular breathing exercises to your day. Dino also takes us through a quick breathing activity to give you a taste of how you can start your own breathing practice and also the benefits you might feel. So when you've resuscitated 30 plus people, that's all about breath. And the science tells us the physical health benefits of breath work include better blood pressure, more time in deep sleep, that that slow wave sleep, reduction of post-traumatic stress and feelings of trauma, so a lot of the experience you had, Dino, stronger respiratory function, less likely to pick up illnesses, better immune system, your immune system bounces back and recovers quicker, and release of stress hormones from your body, so a better regulation of stress. And also that balance you've mentioned before, sympathetic, and that ability to dance between sympathetic and parasympathetic. That's just some of the physical health benefits. The emotional or psychological benefits include fewer feelings of depression, anxiety, and stress, so you can control that inner voice. We often call that the monkey brain. Better focus and clarity, a decrease in addictive behaviors. There's a lot of research now around Mm. addiction and addiction pathways and breathing to try and help not control addiction, but as a trigger to, to stop the pathways or to have people be more present. Emotional enhancement, a better outlook on life. So this whole awareness of where we are, what we've got, and that feeling of gratitude or gratefulness and contentment and joy. So there's loads of benefits, physical and, and psychological. It's why we've titled this The Science of Breathwork. We've been breathing for years, everyone listening to this. There's all those benefits. But talk to me a little bit about breathwork. What, what do you want people to, first of all, understand about the way we breathe or the way we don't breathe? What are the conversations you have when you're teaching someone for the first time? Yeah, well, the word breathwork itself can, can scare people. A, a lot of people t- will maybe think of Wim Hof, but breathwork may be the way an athlete breathes while they're, while they're training or, or, or how we breathe while we're sleeping or just quite simply taking a couple of deep breaths through the nose. Breath work can be really simple, and then we can get into some of the more complex cities of it. If, we, if we're going to keep it simple, we could talk about sort of fast breathing, slow breathing, and potentially no breathing. And there's some opportunities to hold your breath, and, and we can talk about some of the benefits of that as well. A quick break in the program to let you know about the Performance Intelligence Masterclass. You see, every week we receive a number of requests from people listening to the podcast or attending one of my keynote presentations wanting to know more about personal performance coaching. Due to the demands on my time, running strivestronger.com, 
delivering mental skills training for athletes and sporting teams, my speaking practice, and also having four kids, I only allocate a set amount of time each week, about half a day, towards coaching. And this is primarily targeted at senior executives and entrepreneurs and founders. The starting price for my coaching programs is $15,000, which I realize is a lot of money and it's prohibitive for many people. So, based on the success of a 12-month coaching program we've been delivering for a number of corporate clients, we are launching a public version of Performance Intelligence Masterclass. It's open to the public and it's open to people like you. So if you would like to boost your psychological fitness and resilience, enhance physical well-being and energy, if you want to live longer, if you want to increase productivity, if you want to enhance cognitive capacity and decision-making, and if you want to do this with a support group of like-minded people, oh, and if you also want to make more money, Performance Intelligence Masterclass has been designed for you. How does it work? Well, the format is we pick a theme for each quarter like being match fit or boosting productivity or accelerating mental skills, enhancing leadership, etc. There's a half-day group workshop. Then we have six weeks of check-ins where you're made accountable each week just by asking five or six key questions. And then we wrap that up with a 60 to 90-minute workshop, six weeks after the half-day workshop. And then for the rest of the quarter, you put this into practice. To find out more, go to andrewmay.com slash Performance Intelligence Masterclass. All right, we'll get into some of the text, but before we do, let's go nose, not mouth, and talk to me about diaphragm because they're the, the, the two real bedrocks, aren't they? Before we get into the regulation and training, talk to me about nose first mouth and talk to me about diaphragm. Do, do you want to do it? Do you want, do we, does everyone want to take a big breath in through the mouth and see how it feels? Let's do it. So I'll get you, Andrew, to take a big breath in through the mouth. You're looking for where the sensation is in the body and maybe the temperature or the moisture in the air. So when you're ready. And again, without putting words in your mouth, where did you feel it? And and what the temperature of the air was. And then maybe without vocalising them, let's do the, do the opposite. Take a big breath in through the nose. And again, temperature, body, and you can quickly feel it. You can quickly notice the temperature difference and, and the body, the innovation of the body. Now, the nose, nasal breathing is linked to diaphragmatic breathing. And diaphragmatic breathing is linked to all the good stuff you talked about, slowing of the heart rate, um, blood pressure, that rest and digest response. Mouth breathing is linked to the opposite, is linked to fight or flight. And it's not one mouth breath is going to take us into fight or flight and make us super anxious. It's the fact that we're mouth breathing more often than not in the day and it's cumulative over time where this stress builds up. It's a chronic stress. You know, most of us breathe about 25,000 times a day and that's why, you know, mouth breathing at night or all night, you wake up and, and people are sluggish or they're not sleeping right because they're stimulating that fight or flight response when the body should be in rest and digest. And a lot of men who do that will get up and pee more when we do the mouth taping. I hear this all the time, especially from middle age or from men 40 plus. 
God, I'm sleeping better. I'm not getting as thirsty, so I'm not waking up as dry in the mouth, and I'm not getting up to have to pee in the middle of the night. So there's all these physiological changes. So just on the the, the two experiences, I want the listener to just run that. Now, I'm a bit biased because I've done this with you. I teach this in programs as well, so I can feel the big Mm. difference between almost the head rush you get from the mouth breathing to the calmness and just you feel centred when you're doing the nasal breathing. But also I'll do this side on for the camera so those watching so when we talk about diaphragm breathing the opposite is chest breathing so when a lot of people breathe in Dina they go and they fill up the upper parts of the chest but if you're doing a diaphragm breath from side on those watching this in the video you breathe in your belly button actually pushes out so your diaphragm drops and those lower parts of the lungs fill up with oxygen and when you breathe out your belly button comes in so you breathe so it's actually reversed to what a lot of people do. I don't know, are there statistics on this? What percentage of people mouth breathe rather than nose breathing and what percentage do upper chest rather than diaphragmatic breathing? Yeah, the stats are really hard to gather. Somewhere between 20 to even 50% of the population is mouth breathing. Now, if people look closely, when you took that breath in through the mouth, your shoulders lifted. Um, so people get like neck and shoulder pain or people find neck and shoulder pain goes away when they start breathing nasally. As you said, they're potentially not getting up to go to the toilet in the middle of the night or, or going to the toilet less. And sometimes their digestion and even sexual function can improve from getting their body into that rest and digest state. Ho, ho, Fred, it improves our sex life. <laughs> <laughs> people are now really listening. But I've found myself, Dan, I look at background as a track and field athlete. We never spoke about this mm. back in the 90s and early 2000s. And, you know, when we'd go to the Institute of Sport in Canberra every year for testing and we'd do training, we'd train hard. There was psychology, but that was it, even it's evolved. It's much more now about the performance psychology, linking the physiology. This was foreign to me. And I know a lot of people listening to this will go, yeah, I haven't really stopped to think about how I breathe, can I improve breath work, and then also the type of breathing I do to change state, physical, psychological, emotional, and you would even argue spiritual state. You can either ramp up, up upregulate, or you can relax and calm down, down downregulate. I think it is one of the most powerful levers you can possibly think about to help you with your body and brain, yet so many people have not learnt this. Yeah, well, a couple of minutes ago, we said, what is breath work, right? And we've been talking nonstop, and we haven't even nearly covered covered the topic thoroughly. Now, the yogis, and you talked about them, started doing sort of, they were sitting meditating maybe five to 8,000 years ago, and their bodies became sore. So they started to move to enable them to meditate more. And, and these ancient yogis were the first people to choose to exercise. So this is the origin of of exercise, comes back to the ancient yogis, and it was so that they could meditate more. So breath work is very much a meditation for some people. Hi again, it's Andrew, and I hope you really enjoyed that episode. We would appreciate if you helped to amplify the Performance Intelligence podcast by sharing episodes with your friends and with your colleagues by going to iTunes and leaving a rating and review. This really does help get the message out to a wider audience, and I love reading the comments as well. If you'd like to know more about booking me as a speaker at your next annual conference or company offsite, or purchasing one of the books I've written, including Matchfit 
Or if you'd just like to receive my monthly e-newsletter, which is called the AM edition, that has stacks of information specific to all things human performance, go to andrewmay.com. And we'll see you on the next edition of Performance Intelligence.